Hello and welcome to the Don Father family podcast about a depressed football club. And it was all there, wasn't it? It was a great day. Sun was shining. Two teams in red hot form. And in fact, the contest itself as a neutral observer was probably one that fit the billing of an epic Anzac Day encounter. But unfortunately, we're on the wrong side of the results. Did you two cry into your coffee and cornflakes this morning just like I did? I was very I was really shattered yesterday, still upset this morning, and with a little bit of reflection over the rest of the day, I'm actually a little bit more positive on the result than I was yesterday and this morning. But oh it always hurts when you lose Anzac Day. Well, particularly in that fashion, right? Like uh but uh look, I'll tell you, uh I was at a bit of a barbecue uh watching the game i sort of lost the entire plot i did put on the full essendon kit shorts and uh playing jersey and sort of rolled around even rolled a hat and we sort of uh i couldn't sit down i had to pace around the i mean there's like the living area which is straight onto the outdoor i had to pace up and down there pace around the room just as the game went on and for not one second did i feel confident that we'd put the game to bed and then uh one of my good friends decides to say at three-quarter time, hey, if we win this, do we go top the ladder? And it was just like, you've done it. You've, you've absolutely, done it. You, you have absolutely the done it there, haven't you? That is his fault. It is 100%. But, uh, look, you, you talked about this morning. Uh, I won't lie. Nick, I was at the barbecue uh, yesterday. May have, uh, you know, I may have, uh, as I say, had a bit of a headache uh, this morning. Um, so crying. Yes, but also just a very sore body emotionally and physically. And uh, look, it, it honestly, today almost felt like we'd lost the grand final. That's yeah. that's sort of, it had, there was a lot of grand final day vibes about yesterday. I went to the dawn service, the big build up, the, the town comes alive. And uh, yeah, we lose it in that fashion, which we all saw coming in three quarter time, didn't we? But we'll get back into that a bit later on. Well, speaking of shitting the bed, um, this is, well, not the quite the segue. I'm making my debut for um, 2023. But did you oh, yeah. not, Matthew, at um, some point in the group chat, I'm going to say about three-quarter time, talk about the fact that we were on for a win and who was going to win the medal? Uh, I don't think I said on for the win, but I said Caldwell wins the medal, uh, meaning if, if we won the game, he won wins the medal. But uh, I, I yeah didn't necessarily think uh, we were on. My brother, I actually do recall that my brother did get a bit fired up. So as, as he does. So a great little segue there. Shitting the bed. Um, Ali is actually uh, very unwell at the moment with a tummy bug. So at any point, I may need to run off, listener, and disappear for a little while and clean up some vomit or some poo. Just fair warning: if my voice disappears for a little while, that's where I've gone. Oh boy, that uh, I mean, uh, that that's what the performance has done. It has sickened young children. Yes, she watched yeah, given, the fourth quarter and uh, just couldn't believe. And then she, well, actually, I, I find that um, Ellie is a little bit of a lucky charm at the moment because she came and watched uh, the whole Melbourne game with us. On well, she doesn't really watch the game. She runs around and destroys things and makes noise and whatever. Um, but she watched the whole Melbourne game with us, and we ended up winning. And 
She only watched one quarter yesterday, and it was the third. Uh, came in at half wow. time, left at three quarter time, and I had this sinking feeling like, got to get the lucky talisman back in the back in the room. Look, I it's it's got a bit of Star Wars about it, sort of the chosen one, mm. Uh, mm. with that sort of statement. But uh, you know, it's got it's also sets you up for disaster when uh, you know, maybe she grows up and just goes rogue like uh, one of the other members of the Donfather family. She's not on the podcast, but uh, uh, she, she just ran- she randomly, randomly supports Richmond. Yeah. Which doesn't actually, get invited to family things. <laughs> well, actually, I feel like Ellie would be a rogue though, like Paige. God, I'm getting the same vibe. I'm getting the same vibe. She's, uh, the, she's headstrong. The, uh, yeah, I was going to say, might be in the, uh, well, the haircut, which is just to say, got a lot of Fitzroy about it. Fitzroy <laughs> hipster. Yeah, and, uh, old old Kai, you can influence pretty well, but uh, <laughs> Ellie Ellie has a bit more. Uh, let's say a, little, a few more cogs in the engine. Mm. Actually, for, I, for reference, Ellie is uh, your daughter, Nick. I think you can get that one out there for the listeners. Sorry, Laura, I feel go. like I feel like there could also be just a bit of maybe like spiteful brainwashing that could be going on with mm. Ellie. You know, like just to make sure she doesn't go for Essendon. Mm. I put nothing past anybody. Trust mm. no one. No, the the strength of misery will draw her in. Don't don't you worry. We will pass on this sadness like my father before me. You were meant to destroy the Sith, not join them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> look, yeah. So I am. I am actually. I was really upset today. Oh, was it, I was, like when we lost St Kilda, I was like, oh, whatever. But this one really hurt. This yeah, one really hurt. And you know what? I actually, for the first time in my life, have a lot of respect. I can't believe I'm coming on the show and saying it, but I actually respect Collingwood. I actually. Oh, you, you're a closet Collingwood what? fan. You've you been on the Collingwood band. Get off. Last Get off. Well, I, I got to say, Craig McRae is. Get off. I, I, I want to be coached by Craig McRae. Nah. If I could have an ideal coach, it would be Craig McRae. Nah, jam it. Yeah, that's your. Uh-huh. You've got a yellow card. That is a yellow card. Hey, <laughs> you're gonna get a you, second warning. You're gonna get a red. You come on here for me to speak my mind, and if you don't want me on, fine. You can. This you is can an Essendon podcast. This is I'm not sick. A, I feel sick having is, this conversation. This is not a Collingwood right Appreciation Society. Whoa. Well, no, hang on, because you got to look at at, at 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 your opponents, and that they will make you better. Okay, and Collingwood, they also had a, a new coach only 12 months ago. <laughs> Man. Someone say that their their club was in disarray, and look how quickly they turned around. Man. We should be aiming, we should be aiming to play with the same belief, uh, and 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 steady the club in the same fashion that they have. So Man. there's Man. something wrong. There's something wrong with the people in our family that have two lots of Palmieri genes. I'm discovering. Yeah, the uh, traitors. Uh, 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 well, actually, I can't be identified by that. So all good. <laughs> uh, but uh, look. I'm just speaking the truth, and I'm I'm a fair weathered supporter. And I see the game. I, I I love the game, and I just see the big picture. Mm. Respect look, you where respect is due. Look, if we take if we get off the Collingwood, you know the the pie father, a family podcast about Matthew the hot Collingwood, the hot um, pies. We look. I if I take a positive out of the game, it's that Collingwood are considered one of the best two or three teams in it. And we had not only had their measure for three quarters, 
uh, but we were well in front at three-quarter time. So that's a positive to take from it. They were under strength, uh, but we I don't think anyone could argue that we're at our full strength either, missing our best forward, uh, our best midfielder, uh, and a number of other key outs. Um, but admittedly, they were, they were absolutely under strength. But the big negative for me is that we weren't able to win a clearance in that last quarter when it mattered. And I believe literally one goal in that quarter would have won us the game. I know they won by seven points, but at any point... Third end. They, Third um, end. Oh, yeah, I, I turned That's off, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I walked out. Once I took the mark, I was done. Um, so 13. Um, yeah, literally any goal at any point in that court, like Wiedemann kicks a goal, Menzi kicks a goal, Archie Perkins' goal goes through. I think that actually Draper. kills the game. Draper's, Draper, the big one. The obvious Draper, one. the miss from 30 metres out. So any of those four go through, and I think the game, the momentum stops and the game ends there. Uh, because it takes it just gives us that little bit of extra breathing space. We can reset again, start to take control again. So that's my glass half full, but certainly the glass half empty was, um, for me, our entry into the forward line. Uh, we didn't get anywhere near as, as much value from that as we did the week before, um, and our inability to stop an onslaught of so many goals. Yeah, look, I, I don't buy, um, you know, so we can argue we had it. You know, a fair bit out in merit and, and perhaps even Peter Wright. Although Sam Wiedemann, I thought, was actually pretty solid. Mm. Um, they, they had a lot out as well. Mm. They had a lot out as well. So, uh, and, and we also won the free kick count significantly. And I thought for once we probably got the rub of the green. So I, I agree. I 100% agree. We got the rub of the green. Which is, which is quite rare, particularly on Anzac Day. I mean, we yeah. don't have to wind back a couple of years and. I uh, so remember that day, 2019, the ball, the game stopped, but the whistle did not blow. Mm. But anyway, um, yeah, not like, yes, can take some comfort that we ran with them, but also think uh, that was that's probably going to be them at their most vulnerable. And we, and with, you know, sort of umpiring decisions going our way, um, got, yeah, and we weren't able to capitalize. So uh, I, I don't know if it, it could actually be like a false positive. Mm. That one, I, 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 I think. Well, um, I think I've been thinking about it. Their best twenty-two versus our best twenty-two. I think the result is probably similar in that it's it's a couple goals in it either way. Uh, I think, I think we're underestimating the value that that Peter Wright has for us in being able to clunk a pack mark and then just go back and hit a set shot. Yeah, and and what that does. You know, further up the ground for us, uh, but I I definitely acknowledge that absolutely there are other um they had quite a few outs and and important ones, but I don't think like Jeremy Howe makes that much of a difference to them. Uh, over, I, know, I disagree. I'd have to disagree with that. Mm-hmm. He, he's a an elite defender. Mm-hmm. Um, well, lead at his role. So yeah, I I think I yeah I think that's that's. Yeah, I, I don't totally agree with that. I think how um even the effect of um uh Cameron and Cox mm-hmm. and that pushes Frampton back. I mean Billy Frampton it was you know pretty solid for him. He he didn't wasn't getting a game in round one. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So Yeah, that's, um, that's that's one of my dislikes is that it, it seemed to me that um Frampton actually beat us around the, two Ruckman 
And he, there was almost every contest that I remember against Phillips, he pushed him off the ball and got the tap. Yeah, I think there was a timing of when Frampton would get ascendancy. Like, he just seemed to get it timely. When I was like, okay, we really need a clearance here. We need we need a centre bouncer. You know, we, we need something to go our way. Hmm. And yet we couldn't... Um, well, I, I don't think by the stats he would have won, although I am pulling them up now. Oh, my apologies, I should have had them uh, up before. Yeah, Billy Fra- Yeah, wow. Billy Frampton had uh, 28, Phillips 25, Draper 25. So you could argue that Oh, it's hard to say. Was he on the on, in the ruck for the same amount of time that um, Phillips and, were, and Draper were combined? But to have twenty eight hitouts when you're not a, a full time ruckman, mm. it's it's a pretty good effort. But it, I think you, and you he was versing two first caliber ruckman. I mean, Phillips in most teams isn't, but he's capable of being that. You know, when your first ruckman's down, he can step up into that role. Is what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying, he's not, he's not versing Peter Wright in there. He's not mm. versing Sam Wiedemann. Mm. Um, so for him to have 28, uh, yeah, I think it shows he was pretty good, mm. and it just seemed to get them at good times. Mm. Mm. And so that that's a, a dislike of mine is we didn't get value out of the two rucks like we did the week before. Um, I thought Flip, and it's going to happen. I thought Flip had a relatively poor game. His hands yeah. weren't sticky like they have been in the past. He didn't really impact the contest, and he got beaten in the ruck by a non-full-time ruckman. So, I, yeah, I, that's that's one of the dislikes for me was that ruck combo didn't quite work for us. Yeah, I mean, and Trevor kicks one goal three, so there's some some accuracy issues there. But um, yeah, certainly because you think, well, why against a, a gun ruckman in Grundy did it go so poorly? Versus a Billy Frampton, like, what was the difference? Yeah. But um, well, I, I also think Collingwood set themselves up better to lose the ruck. Yeah, yeah, you correct. know what I mean. Like whereas Melbourne thought, well, hey, we still win it. We've got Brody Grundy in there, so yeah, interesting. And I think this was always going to do it. An article on the day, morning of Anzac Day hits the AFL website. Look at this dynamic duo, blah blah blah. Anytime any pair of players or group of players gets a pump up that next game is always real poor from them. So as soon as I saw that article, I thought, oh boy, this is not good news for us. Yeah. No, yeah. Like I said last week, the pundit, the media, very, very quick to build Essendon up yep. and then even quicker to shoot, shoot us down. So um, it won't be my surprise if even after a five-day break, they don't have a great week next week. Yeah, uh, Look out. Here come the media. What did you think, Laura? Um, what did I think? I always cop it in the group chat for not tipping Essendon. So I was like, this week I'm going to back them in. I think they're a chance. And you know what? They let me down. Um, I agree. I, I was saying yesterday when we were watching about the rut combo, I didn't, I didn't feel like they were effective at all. Um, and, yeah, especially off the back of the Melbourne game. I was really disappointed because, you know, they're missing their main man, Mason Cox. And so I thought that would have probably been an area where we could have done some damage, but it almost looks like that's, I wouldn't say the area that lost us the game, but it was pretty significant for us. Mm, mm. Yeah, I tend to agree. It's a funny old game, isn't it? It's a funny old game. Anyway, 
Should we, uh, well, I mean, you're the host of the show and we don't necessarily have an agenda, but uh, should we take a break, dive into likes and dislikes and then head in and look forward to Geelong? Well, let's let's just jump right into those likes and dislikes. Oh, okay, bang, there you go. Because we don't need a break around here. Nah, no breaks. We're on, like that. we're on quick, sick baby time today. Yeah, no, fair call. Look, I, I might have been fly through a couple then and, and I think we'll all probably say the same thing. What do you think about that? Let's do it. But uh, look, our man uh, Langford, he's he's in all Australian form at the moment, isn't he? He's he's got to certainly be in consideration. With, I think uh, with with what he's rolling, I don't know what position he plays. I think I think we'll be forward, but yeah, wow. Yeah, I've re- been really pleased with his performance, and he even on yesterday he got thrown forward and back regularly, up and down. Uh, had an impact on the scoreboard. Had an impact down back. Gave it to a Collingwood fan. What? That was my favourite part of the whole game. That that's guy, up there with uh, James Hurd's hug. Yeah. Except we yeah. didn't win. It, it, that guy, just like I get, I find it funny, right? That's always been, particularly in a soccer game, right? More so than footy, is to hold the ball out to a player, the opposition player, and throw it away. I think that is hilarious. But then Why for him is that to go funny? And, and then for him to go and flip the bird and react like he did, it was just ridiculous. Like it was just <laughs> over the top, and too, it just shows how much of a brain dead bogan that dude is, right? Yeah. Like it's just it, one thing is throwing the ball away and having a cheeky smile and a bit of a laugh about it, and the next is to like actually be genuinely rude and offensive. Like it just. Terrible. I just can't imagine being like that to anybody. Yeah. let alone like a complete stranger, let alone someone that's like literally just playing a game of football. Like I don't know what goes through people's yeah. heads that you think that that behaviour is appropriate on any level whatsoever. And it's just so stereotypically Collingwood. That sort of behaviour is just so stereotypically Collingwood. So whoever that wanker is, get your hand off it. You are just a dead set flog. And Langford couldn't have responded any better. And kicking the goal and pointing straight to it. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Um, and and I, I will go back on my comment before. That's not the side of Collingwood I respect at all. I, I'm probably more the admin <laughs> football department. I was just referring to there the fan base. Well, that's that's probably a whole different uh, whole different uh, entity in itself. Speaking mm-hmm. of the fan base, I have a question. So, someone that I will not name. So you're going after someone. We're not here to attack people, Laura. We're on the what? air. No. We're live to the public. This is the arrogance that I cannot stand. Literally puts a photo up. Was it Nick Dacos, like, with his finger over his mouth, right? Like, this was the photo that went around after the game yesterday. And puts on their Instagram stories, never in doubt. Now, are you telling me when you're 28 points down at three-quarter time, you were confident that you were going to win? Like, uh, come on. Get, come right. on. Nah, sorry. You beat me with a sore loser there. Just, just uh, in my opinion, just just cop the whack. Let him talk. I'd be saying the same thing. Uh, if, probably... if, if the script was, was flipped the other way, I'd be very much saying the same thing. So, no, uh, it was probably you... the person that posted it more than the actual thing, but like, never in doubt. Come on. I'll let you, if you've got a personal qualm with someone, I'll let you take that up with them off the air instead of uh, bashing them. Instead of bashing them on the, on the airwaves. Well, if they're that sort of Collingwood supporter, I doubt they're listening to an Essendon podcast, just saying. You never know. You never know who's listening. But to that person, 
Uh, Don't be a dick. <laughs> keep it clean, please. But anyway, uh, didn't realize. Sorry, it was can someone the, pick that the, out? Someone pick that out. Laura's bashing session, Father Podcast. Here we go. So anyway, sorry, Langford. I thought you thought Sam Wiedemann was fantastic. Eight marks. He just bobbed up and kept marking the footy at the right time in the right spots. It was like, oh, where did that guy come from? Um, and you know, what? I'm going to give this. Um, look, I'm sure you'd probably agree with that one, but I'm going to give this one a like. Uh, Jake Stringer didn't have a great day. Wasn't his day, but I actually well, actually, it was his day because it was his birthday. Well, there you go. But I actually respected – he was fighting tooth and nail to get into that game. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give him that. And and in previous times, he would have given up. He would have given up and just said, it's not my day, and maybe given five, ten minutes effort and then gone completely missing. He was doing everything. And I, I like that from Jake. He's trying to silence a lot of critics. And that that's sort of the Jake that was the 2021, uh, you know, most dangerous player in the comp. So, mm. um, yeah, I liked that. Uh, our back line, enormous. Absolutely enormous. And um, I, I feel like that Laverty going down was a bit of a turning point. If you Yeah, I, I think so. Brad Scott's press conference, he talks about how with Laverty going down, we need to take Setterfield out of the midfield to put him down back. And then that forced us, uh, once we were losing the midfield, you had to put Setterfield back in there. So Langford, who was going well forward, had to get thrown back. So I think the flow-on effects within the contest, within the game, particularly in a quarter when the ball was living in our defence, something that's been really successful for us is we have a really settled back line this year. And I think that was perhaps the tipping point with Collingwood getting so many entries that just didn't allow us to take control of the ball and and repel enough of, of their forward thrust in that last quarter. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think uh oh, pardon me. Um yeah, yeah, that, I think I think you'd be right in that. It's through the balance of the game, particularly Setterfield is is pretty pretty good clearance player for us. Mm. Um, losing him when we did. Um you know, Parish with nine clearances, but uh uh Setterfield pretty pretty important to uh getting that first chain. Uh, or the first link in the chain out there and into those guys' hands. So, mm, mm. Uh, and he's had twenty two himself. Yeah, so, I, I was a little disappointed that that we didn't have someone step up and take control of the game when it was going against us. And I I know it's a really ridiculous call because he's potentially the greatest player that we'll ever see put on the red and black. But that was something that James Heard used to do often in his prime. Is that okay? There's been three or four clearances against us. I'm going to insert myself into the center square or wherever the game was going poorly. He just had the footy IQ and the ability to just go there for five minutes and turn that loss into a win or turn that part of the ground into a win. Um, and so I think thinking on that today, I would have really have liked to seen Andrew McGrath as captain of the day, just insert himself into one center bounce and just really make a difference, you know? just win a clearance or, and I think that's something that we lacked that Merritt didn't have the opportunity to do, obviously, because he's not playing, but I think he's the sort of player that will potentially rise to the occasion in that situation. All right. They've kicked three in a row, three clearances, and he will just absolutely just not let them get the next one. If that makes sense. 
Uh, yeah, I get that. I, and I, I think, think that's McGrath's... a maturity type thing as well, potentially. Yeah, I don't, I don't think McGrath's that kind of guy. Like, I, it doesn't give me more confidence, Andrew McGrath going into middle versus Parish, Shield, mm. uh, Setterfield. Uh, I think they threw Stringer in there. Yeah. Um, to try and get some of that happening. I, I think may, maybe even Langford could be that type as well. Yeah. Uh, and Tip and Woody when fit. And then Davey will, in a couple of years, probably probably have that capacity as well. So, um, yeah, but you're right. I, I actually thought, and I probably got exposed with this in St. Kilda, uh, the speed we can put on the ball comes through kicking, which is okay, which mm. is good. But we don't seem to have the pace in run. In the, yeah, not the at the moment. That, it doesn't seem is, that way. Not not outside of say Dylan Shiel and Davy, you know. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, so I don't think. Um, uh, yeah, like, like just, just the way they they got their run on, and perhaps it's a it's a structure thing. Collingwood just sort of know, all right, if we charge full, like when we get the ball, we're going charging, and there's just looks quicker than what it is. But even St Kilda, we didn't have the speed on the outside to to match. A quick team. Yeah, and, and it's two games that we've seen this year, obviously our two losses, where we've gotten to a really we've we've gotten to a point where we've gotten back into the game or we've got ahead, but then we just seem to have run out of gas. And I don't it's not a fitness thing for me because we've run out the other games really well. Um, but potentially it's a maturity thing where you get the game to a point and because we've been such a poor team for so long, we don't have the maturity to then keep it on our terms or we, we kind of panic a little bit and go, oh shit, we're here. What do we do now? If that makes sense. Yeah. Look, I think the St. Kilda one's a little bit different because we were six goals down and had to claw our way back in. That's right. That's right. By the time we got back in front, we'd spent all our tickets and St. Kilda and hang on, we just got to start playing again. So, um, and, and broke us open. But I think with this kind of, yeah, it was probably more of that. Um, having said that, there are twelve other teams or thirteen other teams who haven't really figured out how to stop Collingwood once they get going the way they get going. So it's a bit of a, a, a two way street in that regard. But I, I do agree. We, we we just didn't even look like well responding in in some regard. It was like, all right, mm. this is this happening? And I think that's um, where I don't know if Laura agrees with this, but I think that's where as the group matures and we get some more leadership. That's where we'll see someone like a Mason Redmond step up and change the game. Not that he had a very good game, he's had a very good year. Or we'll see an Andy McGrath change the game, or we'll see a Merritt change the game, or we'll see a Harry Jones change change the game, or a Davy, or someone like that. Where as as the group matures, that becomes more of a it's someone's opportunity, um, and and we will see uh, them be able to get us over the line, which is is the difference between really great teams and average teams is, is that they can have someone start the process and the rest of the team carry on with it. Yeah, look, I, sorry, I don't know if it was asked for Laura. I, I don't know if we're going to be that team that um, has an individual, but rather just a, it's like a collective sort of switch on. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I agree. But yeah. but I think as, as your group gets better and your group develops and players like Perkins and Cox and, and get to that 100-game yeah. mark, they can be that player that sparks, that ignites that spark. Yeah. Well, I think nah. that that's potentially where we missed merit yesterday, like that Agreed. leadership that could have um, 
been that spark and just galvanized everyone. Like I even think I'm not sure on Darcy Parrish's stats, but I, I did do remember saying a few times during the game that um, you know, I didn't think that he'd really done a lot. And I don't know if it's that he was missing his partner in crime or or what, but I think we really missed that presence from Merritt yesterday. Well, I, I agree with you. I think um I, I guess I'm disappointed that Merritt didn't play in that that would have given a perfect opportunity for him to really have a game where as captain, he's like, no, I'm taking control of this. And that'll happen later in the season for sure. And we'll have those games. But I, I thought, I guess my disappointment in that was that that was really opportunity, a good opportunity for Andrew McGrath to, to be like, okay, I'm captain today and I'm going to just drag us over the line or do one thing, one act or, um, and not, and again, he had a very good game. So it's just a maturity and leadership thing. I think is is the point I'm making. Maturity in the group and the maturity in leadership. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, speaking of, uh, uh, we're still on dislikes. Mr. Heppel. He he did not have a great day, did he? No, I, I think I think you're a bit uh, tuned, given given your Collingwood supporting nature. I think you're a little bit more tuned to notice the one or two bad disposals that he had over the very courageous marks, intercepts, tap-ons, body on the line, and his decent possessions. I think he did do some good things yesterday. Yeah, Like, I I agree, there were a couple of things, you know, that weren't great, but I don't think he had a terrible game. No, not at all. Matthew, oh, right. that look, yeah, I, I I probably saw it a little bit differently. I, I felt whenever he he touched it, uh, a, a turnover seemed not too far away. Oh, mm. well, maybe I'm too harsh on the guy. I, 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 I feel like you are. Uh, he had seventeen at. Oh, I haven't got his efficiency here. Um, seventeen. I don't know. 17 and only 200 metres gain. Although, I don't know if that's his... his I don't the, think uh, anyone gained any metres in that last quarter, mate. Well, hang on a second. Disposal efficiency. Let's, let's, where is the What else are you going to expect from a Collingwood supporter? Exactly. To be supporting Dyson Heppel? I don't F think off. so. <laughs> F off. Well, but how good was Pendlebury? Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. 64%. 65%. So... Mm. He had the same pass. disposal as Carl Langford. Well, Langford operated. I think at you're feeding 60%. into Matthew's yeah, wow. opinion. Oh, there That's you go. That's oh, so Langford had exactly the same game, did he? Looks like it. Mm. So, did, it's almost so like Langford must have had the a terrible stats game don't too. tell you everything, do they? But uh, no, look, I, I just didn't feel he was. And then look, the people I was uh, viewing the game with who were also Essendon supporters felt the same way. Yeah, so, I think they're uh, anti. I think they're closet Collingwood supporters too. That's why you got a sore head. You're all celebrating the win. I'm sorry <laughs> for having an opinion. You come on and ask for my opinion. I give it to you, and then you knock me down. So <laughs> we can't well, help it if you your opinion's opinion. wrong. This 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 could be my retirement. This could be the end of my uh, podcasting. Career. And then next week, welcome to the Pie Father, a family <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the Pie Pie Army. Uh, so I just want to throw something out there. Heppel has not been the same since he cut his hair. Yes, he is. Conan the Barbarian. When will the club realise that a long-haired Dyson Heppel is a powerful Dyson Heppel? 
I actually probably no. think it, he's not been the same since he hurt his foot. And when did honest. he hurt his foot? After he cut his hair. Well, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look. Prone to the barbarian. It's always a bit of a gag, isn't it? You, you lost some power when you, you cut mean, your uh, hair. Samson. 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 That's it. Who's Conan? Uh, Conan is a barbarian. Played by Hans Conan the Barbarian. Oh, okay, that's no, that's something else. Yeah, so Conan's got the long hair, but Samson has his power in his hair. Is that's that correct. It? Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay, there you go. All right. So I just want to touch on a few players. Archie Perkins, I think, is building very nicely, it's particularly early in that game. And there was when when it got wet last week against Melbourne. He, oh, I think, he's just building into the season really nicely. So really pleased with his output. You know that long goal would have just, I would have just exploded. The done. lid would have been off. Yeah, which one's that one? That I think it was in the last. He he just took it on, went for a run, booted it from about fifty, and it, it just was out faded. On the it was no, no, it wasn't out on the full. It was a point. Oh, it was just it? faded really late. Yeah. Who um who kicked the one from outside fifty? It was Perkins. Perkins kicked the one from outside fifty, but this That's was right. in the yeah. in the fourth on the run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had chances. Yeah, we definitely had chances. We definitely had chances to to finish that game. But I was really pleased with his performance. I'm really pleased with Will Snelling. And, and as you mentioned, Sam Wiedemann, I thought that was a really good return game. Again, no. He kicked 2-2. You know, he turned that into four goal, four straight or 3-1, and, and the game probably looks a bit different. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's had a really interrupted season. He hasn't been able to string two games together. So hopefully he can build from here. Um, I just want to have a chat about the potentially a coaching issue, and that is we've only had functionally four players attend center bounces this year. And potentially that brought us unstuck when we lose one of those four to suspension. And suddenly that's a much bigger knock to our structure than another team who has five or six or seven or eight people that, that roll through that center bounce. I wonder what your guys' thoughts are on that and the fact that we lost Merritt and not to say that he wins us the game, but that chemistry that they've been building and has been working really well when all four are there suddenly disappears. Yeah, I, I did think about that. Um, well, you're sort of doomed either way, right? Like, Because you, you can constantly be rotating the centre four. And uh, like, apart from the Ruckman, so mm. um, the, the the four that go through there, which for us yeah. is Perry, Shield, Merritt, and Setterfield on a good yeah. day. You can go the other way and rotate eight through there, but there's two problems. One is chemistry. So if you're constantly rotating there, you, you don't build the same mm-hmm. chemistry because you're not always in there together. But also two, uh, all right, what's Shield's second role? He's, he's probably not. A, he doesn't work very well at half back. Doesn't work very well at half forward. Mm. Um, what's Merritt's second role? Again, he, yeah, he can play anywhere, but are you using him to his full potential at half back, mm. or, or does it ruin our back structures, or does it ruin our? If you're going to play him at half forward, he's probably going to play high up the ground anyway. So he may as well play him in the midfield, mm. centre field as well. Sure, he could go forward, but showed at Carlton, and you know he he is an inside mid. That that is who he is. Um, and same with Darcy Parrish, right? How many games did John Wilson play him forward? Yeah. Now, I'm sure if he went forward now, it'd probably be different. 
uh, equation. But um, yeah, I, I, I do understand that. But I think with any approach, you are vulnerable. But I think it is the lesser of two evils. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Oh, sack Brad Scott! What a fool! This you know stubbornness of only having four rotate through the center bounces has killed us. I'm I'm genuinely not sure. Is is it potentially an issue, or is it potentially a really strong positive for us? Yeah, and it's what not- I really like is that they rewarded Caldwell. Caldwell's been playing well. He's, he's um, been in the team and doing his job. And instead of bringing Hobbs in and putting him in that role, they're like, no, we're promoting Caldwell and Hobbs is, is coming in as sub or he's coming in to play Caldwell's previous role. Um, so it, it's just a hard one for me to kind of quantify. Was this an issue or is it is it something that is working well and we don't need to worry about too much? Well, here's the thing. It's what we brought up before is the two rucks. So last week we're all about the two rucks. It's great. We can beat any ruck combination. And the week after, Billy Frampton comes in and has 28 hitouts. Mm. It's like your strength is your weakness, right? Yeah. Like it's it's like even with the Bulldogs and, and the way they played four tolls, like now yeah. that was realistically never going to work, but there's an advantage there that you should theoretically take more contested marks inside 450. Mm-hmm. Did it work out that way? No. But the also the issue is, well, you know, you... you no one can move. Your, your forward line is slow as anything and you've got no pressure up the yeah. ground. So you, you, your strength is always your weakness. Mm. No, so I, anything's yeah. an issue. And, and yeah, so. You, no, no, you, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, it's just something that to consider. And I think, to be fair, Phillips just had a stinker yesterday. You know, every player's allowed. It happens. Yeah, what, well, he had four touches, one kick, three hand passes, no marks, and two tackles. He just had a stinker. Yeah. Um, it's... Everyone is going to have one at some point in their career. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Look, I think we've we've had a chat about this enough. Um, I know we're on we're on baby time and and on borrow time. So why don't we jump straight into the preview of the Cats game? Unless you've got any final thoughts on the game. I'm happy. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Look, I think in general. Um, some positives to take from it, some, you know, a really big negative in that last quarter, but I'm, I'm still happy with the direction the football club's going. So uh, as long as the next few weeks coming up aren't disasters, I think well, I've already seen certainly that we've made some progress. So, Well, yeah, I was just actually about to say, like, I think, um, what are we, four and two? Four and two, yeah. I think... If we were talking about the team at the end of last year, there's no way that we actually imagined that we would have been four and two and sitting fourth on the ladder. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe we're, we're being a little bit too harsh with our expectations based off the fact that we've had some good games and maybe we need to remember the type of footy we were watching last year mm. and then appreciate where we are. Yeah, and... And the club's been saying it, and and we all were really apprehensive going into the season that we're not the finished product, and we certainly aren't. And there are going to be stages of this year when we have quarters like that, where our inexperienced group just can't get their hands on the football, versus a you know a seasoned, well-performed, well-drilled outfit 
So yeah, to be four and two, the thing that that I'm particularly happy with is that we've beaten a contender in Melbourne already, and that's taken us to four. If we were four and two, and we'd only beaten you know uh, Hawthorne, Gold Coast, GWS, and looking at from last year, St Kilda, right, and then we'd lost to Melbourne and and Collingwood, I'd been like, yeah, okay, we've beaten teams that we're either probably around the mark or are worse than us. But the fact that we've beaten Melbourne and we're sitting four and two and, and played well for three quarters against Collingwood, I, I tend to think that we're still on track and and ahead of where I thought we'd be, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you, Nick. There's evidence to suggest that it is fair to have high expectations given the fact we beat Melbourne, albeit in my mind, not a fully fit Melbourne. Mm. Take that however way you want it. Uh, and then, you know, for three quarters or two and a half or whatever you want to mm. call it, uh, we were right there with St Kilda as mm. well. So, mm. um, yeah, that's not to say we're, we're good or we don't have room to improve. We have plenty of room to improve because we want to be with them for four quarters and beating them. Mm. Um, but I think it is fair to say, well, hey, we're actually capable of that and we're probably capable of that a lot sooner than what we think. So, mm. Um, I actually think we we're capable of doing it right now. Mm. So, and I think it's fair for us to have that expectation and that mm. desire. So Geelong Sunday one ten p.m. Now, what Space Cadet thought it was a good idea to give the oldest team in the competition a nine day break while their opposition gets five days? Like, are you actually kidding? And I I get it's a privilege to play on Anzac Day, but. Seriously, play them on Sunday and at least give them one less day of preparation. It just, it just obscene to me. It just, this is mm. almost match fixing, right? Um, like you them- don't see how how there's any way that we could come up and and win, really. Yeah, I, I, in in the form that Geelong are in now, with four less days, so almost an entire working week less to prepare for that game, um, I think it's going to be really, really tough. What about you, Matthew? What do you think? I'm just looking, Collingwood have got Adelaide and, and what day did Adelaide play? Uh, I think they played Sunday. Yeah, it looks... So they played Sunday, yeah, and Geelong played on the Saturday night. So, yeah, no, I think, yeah, we've got fair reasons to be like, come on. But, um, yeah, what do I think? Look, two perspectives. The, the realist in me, or the cynic, whatever you want to call it, goes, there's no way. There's just, you can't do it. Five mm. days versus nine days against the Premiers. We're also mm. very experienced versus some young bodies. Mm. Mm. Um, but then there is a part of me that goes, well, you can turn around in five days. You just don't have a main training session. Yeah, you, you, you and, and they've can. said previously in Anzac Day games that all AFL clubs are ready to play, like their their bodies are recovered in four days. Yeah. yeah. So so in terms of recovery, I think they'll be they should be ready to go. Yeah. Um so I think we might actually be okay there. Um and with there's a really good story here that well, we go down to Geelong, uh, sorry, Collingwood, and then on a short break, uh, we go and beat Geelong. Mm. Don't, don't mm. mind that narrative. 
Don't mind that. So I think, and 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 that was what I was pleased with the response of Will Setterfield in that post match was got an opportunity to display solid improvement and, and a learning in you know five five uh, days time. So yeah, yeah. I, it's two parts of me. Part of me goes real listen is we probably get smoked, but there's also a big part of me that goes, well, I think could could be on for a bit of a, a contest here and uh, yeah, yeah. So. There's a couple. So the positive of Merrick missing last week is he he'll be fresh and ready to go, and that's that's our best player coming back into a side with you know two weeks break, which is really good. That's a good freshen up for him. Uh, I think I don't think there's any way that if they're talking about Laverty missing eight weeks, I don't think there's any way that he potentially comes back in. This what week. was his injury? Shoulder, but they didn't say what. They just, mm. they just said shoulder. Eight um, weeks without Laverty will be devastating to our back line. Well, not necessarily because Kane Baldwin made his return from concussion on the weekend and prior to him getting concussed was actually doing really well at fullback. And so I think it's, uh, I hope he's ready um, because I think it's a really good opportunity for him. Um, he's going to get a chunk, his six games to really make his name at AFL level. So I'm actually quite, Excited for him in that regard. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I don't have a strong opinion on it. Yeah, look, I um I looked uh, at his VFL report. Pretty quiet day for him, but to be expected after can cut you know first game back and all that mm. sort of thing. So not not you know not sort of saying he's out of form, but um yeah, it'd be interesting if they they because they may even take a, a longer term approach and go. He's not ready. We won't bring him in. So I, I I don't know who we've got in the reserve, and this probably speaks to our lack of depth. Perhaps we go a little bit smaller and play hind. Mm. Um, perhaps that's a go. So I, yeah, I'm, don't know. I'm just disappointed because I think Laverty would have been a really good matchup for Jeremy Cameron. Yeah, yeah. If, if not uh, Jordan Ridley, um, and Walkers. We've sort of, uh, I mean, Ridley, uh, Laverde was the other one, but I was going to say Ridley, BZT, um, and, uh, well, yeah, it could be Baldwin who, who goes to Rowan. So, um, so I think, um, I was, I was going to Zach Reed also, he played three quarters. I don't think he, they'll play. No, nah, he's not ready. He, he won't he, play he, yet. Um, I think Zerk goes to Hawkins, right? No question. He's, he's taken the role of, uh, Number one big forward defender. Gosh, he copped a beating yesterday too, didn't he? With that knee in the head, like oh yeah, he... BZT. He's just hard at the ball yeah, and puts his I, body on the line. I'm really respecting his his performance uh, this season. Uh, how tall is Jake Kelly? I don't think he's he's that big. No, he's oh he could he could go to Ryan. He's one ninety. Yeah, I think I think we'll see him or um, Redmond go to Rowan. I think we'll see Zerk go to Hawkins and then the matchup on Cameron is the tough one. I think it's Ridley. I think Ridley's the obvious one. He's very athletic, uh, moves very well. Ridley, I feel like so. he could outrun Cameron. I don't think he can outrun like, him, but I think he's like if he could get to far. the context contest first. He's I, younger. I think, I think ultimately it doesn't matter who matches up on who because the game's going to be won and lost with midfield pressure. If if we're letting Geelong move the ball into end and waltz it out of the midfield, 
then I think they'll have a field day. And I think if we can structure up like we have the large parts of this season and slow down their ball movement and win the clearances as we have done against good sides, I think will be will be a chance. But it's yeah, I don't think this this game's won and lost in our defense on their forward line, to be honest, is is the point I'm making. Yeah. No, I think that's that's fair cool. Yeah. No, yeah, you know, yeah. Pretty obvious one. If you don't defend, uh, if we can't get our hands on the ball, footy's never changed in 150 years. If you generally, if you win the contest and you control the ball, you control the game. Yeah, it's gone. Do you think our mix up forward changes or our mix in the ruck changes? No, I don't think so. I don't think. I don't. don't Who do you mix the ruck with? There's no one to mix. No, Nick Bryan had a cracking game in the VFL on the weekend, and and I'm not suggesting that Phillips deserves to be dropped after one game, but a 31-year-old body on a five-day break, I I don't see a reason why we, apart from chemistry, why we couldn't give Nick Bryan a go and play yeah. him as, as yeah. the second ruck. Maybe give him a little bit more ruck time and leave Draper forward to manage loads a little bit. Yeah, there's potential. Um, particularly with Draper um, being, being quite prolific up forward, although he kicked one goal three, so I had the opportunity. So, Oh, maybe, because I, I don't think there's any point bringing Nick Bryan in. Although he's obviously going to be a second ruck, I don't think there's there's no point him being on a bench for 40% of the game. No, no, no. I, he's better I off think playing the VFL point 80, 90%. I agree completely. I agree completely. But I'm just thinking with the five-day turnaround, uh, you know, um, Phillips being the oldest player on our list, I, I and Nick Bryan coming off a really good game in the twos after a return from his hamstring. I I wouldn't be unhappy with him coming into the team. Yeah, no, look, no, especially when you put it that way. And, and uh, in my head, I sort of thought, oh, you know, Draper can't play forward, but he's proven to us that he that he can. Mm. Um. Oh, okay, so about eighty percent of game time each. So that's equally spent some. Um. Time forward, uh, Phillips and Draper. So, um, yeah, look, I, I, I yeah, I, I'm not opposed to that. Um, um so Merrick clearly yeah. comes back in. Uh, yeah. So someone, someone has to come in for Laverde. Uh, that if we keep the same back mix, then Merrick comes in. Uh, and then who else do we do we drop from that team if we want to make any more changes? And I think there will be changes because of the turnaround, purely because yeah. of the turnaround. So maybe Heppel, Heppel gets a rest. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity to to manage him through. Um, not Potentially. Not because yeah. I think he had a bad game like Matthew did. Huh. Um, but again, um, it's going to happen from time to time in the twilight of his career that he's going to miss games um, purely through management. Uh Maybe a Jai Menzi needs to be managed for a game. Those sorts of things. I I can't see us dropping too many. I don't think anyone had a, a really terrible game, apart from Phillips that we have already spoken about. And you know he's got enough runs on the board that I think he deserves another game if his body's up for it. But yeah, that that would be the changes for mine. Maybe Phillips for Brian. Certainly Laverde's coming out, um, and Merritt is coming back in. It's just who and and where and how. Yeah. Well, in some good news, at least we haven't lost anyone to suspensions. They both got fines. Yeah. Was it Caldwell and Menzi? No, no, Caldwell and Shield, wasn't it? 
Oh, shield. Yep, sorry. For running into an umpire. Hmm. Bizarre. When did he run? Is that what it was for? He ran into an umpire. Yeah, negligible. Uh, let's let's read this. Daycon. Oh, I thought he would have actually been taken to this town square and strung up and murdered for touching everyone's poster boy, Nick Dacos. That's interesting. Who? Caldwell? Got, yeah, you only got a fine. Mm, little uh, punch in the guts. Careless contact with an umpire from Sheer. Yeah. So I, I what thought... about what about the other week when was it Jeremy Cameron that completely took out the umpire when he was uh, celebrating his goal? Apparently that wasn't careless. Hmm. Oh, oh, wrong colours. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. He actually poleaxed that umpire. Yeah. But, um, and he wasn't looking, but it's not careless. Hmm. No, no. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, that's conspiracy theorist stuff. Look, I think I think it's going to be a really tough game. I think if if we play at our best and get everything right, we're a chance to sneak a win. But I I can't see us realistically winning the game. I will not be tipping Essendon this week. Oh, I'll be tipping them, but I just won't be expecting to get the tip. <laughs> mm. Always tip against your uh, your team. You can't disappoint either way. Mm. It's true. It's actually very true. Very true. Well, my friends, um, I'm going to go check on this baby. Uh, you you may not hear me next week. We'll, we'll talk about this off air, but I've got a really crazy week coming up, starting with the footy game on Sunday, actually. Uh, it's a crazy work week, a big international conference that my work is running. Uh, so one of you may be hosting. Uh, so don't be surprised if I'm not on board next week, listeners. But I will certainly be back the week after for the Port Adelaide game. Um, but yeah, find us on Instagram. We do have a Facebook. Uh, our social media manager has confirmed. Uh, and anywhere where you can listen to good podcasts. Uh, thanks for or even there. average ones. Or even average ones. Thanks for spending a Wednesday with me, Laura. You're very welcome. It was good to make my return. Mm, thank you, Matthew. No worries. My uh, my pleasure. Been good as always. Roll I might be flying tape. solo next week. If hey? um, I might be flying solo next week, given that you're a Collingwood supporter. Yeah, but he's starting his own. Bye, I'm about to leave this Zoom meeting. <laughs> Seriously, I've, I've had it up to here. Until next time. He's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Go on, go, go stick it. You two can stick it up where the sun don't shine. I'm out of here. Roll the tape, roll the song. <laughs>